Broadcasting from another dimension, deep, deep, deep within the Goshrimp National Forest. Sending messages from the future to your mind. This is the Goshrimp and Friends Podcast, y'all. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up, 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 up. Touch your butt, touch your balls, touch your titties, touch your balls, touch it all, touch it all, touch it all, 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 all. Oh yeah, y'all, episode motherfucking two. That's right. Big shout out, big, 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 big shout out to everyone who listened to episode one. Okay, so much love from episode one, from people all around the world who listened to it. You know what I'm saying? Big shout-outs for everyone who shared the podcast, who commented about the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, special shout-outs to everybody that went on and ordered posters to show me some love after hearing the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, all the, all the pre-ordered posters are out. Those tubes are loose, y'all, so watch out, okay? If you ordered, if you were on, if you pre-ordered the Shiva Nataraja poster, that shit is coming at ya, so watch out. All right, you know what I'm saying? Um, also big shout out to everybody who asked me questions, um, to be answered on the podcast, um, this podcast is a is a is a special guest podcast, so I didn't get to get up to some questions on this one. But the next one will be answering your questions, y'all. So hit me with the questions. Ask me anything you dare to ask me, and I will answer you. You know what I'm saying? I will send you the answers that you want, or maybe don't want. Are you ready for those answers? Think about that. Think about that you know what i'm saying i'm shooting this out a little bit early i'm up late right now in the camper okay finishing this up because i want to get this podcast out to you guys before we go on a very very special bandit family camping trip to acadia national park in maine for my birthday. That's right, y'all. A very special birthday camping trip coming up early tomorrow morning. You know what I'm saying? But I'm here tonight cutting this, cutting it up. You know what I'm saying? In the studio, in the camper, in the forest, because I got love for y'all. You know what I'm saying? You guys show me some love on the first podcast. So I don't want to leave you hanging. I'm going to get this one out to you before we go. You know what I'm saying? We got the bikes packed up. We got the car all packed with camping gear. You know what I'm saying? We got the bikes on the back. We got a 12-foot inflatable raft, a row boat, a row raft. You know what I'm saying? inflate that shit up throw it out on the pond out on the lakes over there in maine do some fishing you know what i'm saying me and wolfie got some new lures today wolfie got a leech lure that i think is going to be very successful in our fishing 
Um, I got a uh, I got a, a crawfish lure um, that looks very cool, and I got a, a very realistic uh, frog lure with like it looks like a frog it feels like a frog it legs move like a frog it it goes along the top of the water jumping on the lily pads skittering across the lily pads y'all to entice those big old meaty fish to take a juicy old bite and then that's how it ends up getting fried up and eaten up on the camping trip you know what i'm saying there is nothing better than a camping trip with your family on your birthday. That is paradise, guys. You know what I'm saying? That is paradise. All right? But I wanted to get this out to you. So this is a very fun episode. One of my friends, Kent Osborne, the head writer of Adventure Time, you know what I'm saying, is the very first special guest on the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast that's what this podcast is all about guys is just me having fun conversations with my friends you know what i'm saying keeping it real keeping it raw and it was a very nice conversation so here you go guys enjoy kent osborne ladies and gentlemen all right and we are here i don't know if i'll probably do a little intro before this yeah, but uh, this is—you are the first official guest on the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast, Kent Osborne, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Wow! Thank you. Yes, yes, very exciting. Very I'm like I'm like Bill Murray. Yeah. Yes, you 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 are kind of the Bill Murray of the Go Scouts. <laughs> that is true. You are the oldest Ghost Scout, I believe. Really? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. The wisest? And, and very possibly the wisest. I mean, that's why we're coming straight to you to get the, to get the, uh, the creative nuggets, the creative wisdom as the first mm-hmm. guest. That's, a, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty hype. That's pretty special. I love it. All right. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you is Ghost Scout Training Camp Year 6, which we just finished uh, about uh, a little a little over a week ago. And, uh, yeah, how did you, how did you, what was your experience at Ghost Scout Training Camp Year 6? What, what, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, I think it was definitely uh, the most memorable because it was so recent. Right, so you've been, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes I can remember it the best because it just happened a week ago. Yeah, no, the, the, the first year I went was year four, and I right. went for sort of a long weekend. Yeah, and so that one was just a blur, and I was in a tiny one person tent, like yeah. a just a hiking tent. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it was kind of a, a culture shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, last year I went for a, a, I think eight days, and uh. That, that's when I felt like I sort of immersed into the uh, to the camp and felt like I really experienced it. Uh, but then this year, uh, I think because it was a two-week uh, training that I was there for 10 days, so I really felt like I was there for a good chunk of it. And I was also there for the end when there's lots of uh, 
secret rituals. Very spooky secret. Yeah. Secret, secret society initiation rites. Yeah. So that, that was a real treat. Uh, that was a, that was, hold on. That was a real treat. <laughs> Um, and it was a good, it was a good group of cadets. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, it was really strong, a lot of strong personalities. Uh, there were a lot of, uh, running jokes I, I thought this year, uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That always happens. That always happens. And I'm glad that that happened even in the shorter format, even in the, you know, we had what, like 19 days in camp this year rather than like 32, I think we've had previously. And, uh, yeah, we always end up with a bunch of, uh, of, of just weird inside jokes. Cause we all become this weird, uh, inbred family in the, in the course of ghost scout training camp. That's basically, it's a process of becoming cousins with yeah. people over the, in the forest. That's, that's basically what it is. Yeah. It does. You, you do feel close to everybody mm-hmm. uh, after it's over. Cause you, you feel like you kind of all have the shared experience that, uh, you know, a lot of people it's like, can't relate to if they weren't there. Uh, so it feels, yeah, it feels good to sort of, yeah, this, uh, yeah, this is the first year where I'm sort of going on Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook that much, but yeah, now yeah. I'm going there every day just to see what people are posting. And yeah, yeah. No, that's the only reason I'm on Facebook. Well, I mean, I would, I would keep my artist page on Facebook cause that's where I have the most followers currently. But, um, yeah, yeah I would definitely not have a person do any kind of personal stuff if it wasn't for the, the private ghost scout group on Facebook and then just keeping up with, you know, just seeing what everybody's posting. But yeah, it's really fun when, people come back from camp and then you see all the posts and people start putting yeah. up pictures and stuff. And we're in that now. And that's always a really fun, uh, phase. And yeah, and I, I, I liked it so much this year that I bought a house two doors down from you. Yes, 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 yes. And that, and I'm that... starting a rival camp. <laughs> yeah. You're starting a rival camp, which is called, uh, which lobster. I think we're <laughs> And that ends followed by a question mark. Which lobster? Yeah, which lobster? Um, yeah. And our, yeah, our camp's going to have, we get up at 6 p.m. And uh, <laughs> 6 p.m. Uh, we're going to have a chef. Yes. <laughs> yep. Totally catered. Yeah. Totally yeah. catered <laughs> camp experience. Yeah. A bunch of yurts. Um, There's this, it's all like propane fires. It's like a whole fireplace yeah. setup, but it's like fake logs in the woods, like ceramic logs with uh, right. with the LP flame. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited. Someone said uh, I can't remember who said it, but they said I should just camp next year and never mention that I live down the street. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. We've blown it now. Now we've blown the cover. Yeah. Damn yeah. it. Damn Anyways, it. You can cut that out. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I've been working in animation for eight, 17 years yeah. in Los Angeles and, uh, yeah, it feels like, uh, my career is almost an adult. It's almost 18 years. My yeah. career is almost, uh, allowed to get drafted and vote. <laughs> so it seems like a good time uh, to make a change. Uh, so yeah, personally, that was the biggest thing that happened to me, uh, at camp this year is I got to meet, uh, your neighbor and, uh, buy their house. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. That what we call that at camp is ghostiny. That's how everyone ends up at Ghost Room Training Camp and getting involved with the Ghost Scouts. It's our little own version of destiny. And you got you you have the biggest case of ghostiny that I think has ever happened so far, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. 
I should point out too that they were selling the house. It's not like I saw. <laughs> yeah, you barged in. And you're like, name your price. You came yeah. in with a giant check, a blank giant check. We kicked in the door. Yeah. And we were like, I you've just it. won someone buying your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty incredible. Pretty, uh, pretty serendipitous. It's pretty wild that you know uh, we first met in in uh los angeles in uh would have been like the fall of 2008 that's right and uh you know i i went there to save up money to buy a piece of property in northern new england and uh and then uh you know i stayed there for three and a half four years ended up getting the property you know maybe uh, two and a half years into the into my stint out there yeah and then uh and then moved here and then to have to have so my destiny ending up here you know and 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 you got you saw that you saw me you can't you know you saw me come in and talking about this and then you know having everything happen out there and then me being like all right guys i'm i'm leaving <laughs> like you know like it's yeah. after season four of adventure time you know uh, i think a lot of people didn't understand and didn't believe that i was actually peacing out right when everything was starting to blow up but that was the that was the plan the whole time and i was super focused and super pumped to come back and and do this whole homesteading thing and and especially because i had met athena i mean i had the property already but you know meeting athena there having wolfie out there and then so that that really was like made the made it like oh yeah this is my time to go like you know have a family and live out in the woods and that was a big part of my vision of getting the land in the first place and homesteading was like the idea of like giving this to your family you know i loved that idea and uh it's crazy that my destiny brought me here and then it intertwined with your destiny and brought you here that's insane yeah, yeah i definitely wouldn't be doing this if i didn't see you do it and yeah. see that because when you first told me about it i don't i wouldn't say i didn't believe you but i was it was definitely it's it's something that people talk about yeah but don't but don't really do oh yeah like pretty much everybody like like well not everybody but a lot of people in la talk about you know in the in the industry in the animation industry talk about leaving and go oh i wish yeah. i could just go out and do you know and especially now that i'm doing it everybody's like oh, i wish i could do what you do i wish i could go out and do my own thing i just don't know what i would do you know because everybody's so used to working on other people's projects and uh yeah. you know the 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 fat the fat Hollywood, juicy, dripping Hollywood paychecks, just drip, right. dripping juices all over themselves. It's hard to dry out after that. You got to really wring out the towel and, uh, <laughs> and and start over when you're when you're recreating, uh, you know, something which is about what you're about to do is come right. out here and kind of redefine, uh, you know, what your career is, what your creative career is going to be from here, which is pretty cool. Do you have like a vision of, of, of what it might be or is has this all happened so, so kind of quickly that, uh, you know, it's still forming. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it all out. It's the timing's kind of nice because I'm not going to move immediately. Right, so right, I get, to, yeah, yeah I set some, I get to set a table or what, what's the expression settle, set my pieces, uh, you get to shit on the table. You get to take a fucking shit on the table. And then move the shit around and get it just how I want it. Perfect. Exactly. exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely, my, my uh, income is definitely going to go down, but my yep. living expenses will go down too. Yes. And quality of life, I think, will go up. 
Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the you know that's the for people to understand why I moved here. You know, it's like there's no amount of money that could put 25 acres of Vermont forest in LA for me. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's no there's no I could be making millions and millions of dollars and I still couldn't have this forest. You know, I couldn't replicate this experience in L.A., you know what I'm saying? And, and not to mention all the stuff that's outside of that, too, you know, and just, yeah, the quality of, I mean, you know, I'm very biased, uh, you know, as you grew up in Vermont as well. You know, I grew up in really rural New England, and uh, I'm a real sucker and super nostalgic for for the small town New England life where, like, you just know everybody. Like, the town I grew up in was even smaller than the town, you know, that I live in now, there's only 3000 people in this town and the town that I grew up in was even smaller, didn't have any stores. And, uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, everybody, you know, you, you yeah. just grow up with everybody's families and you know, everybody around, you recognize everybody and it's just cool. There's a, there's a, there's a kinship that goes on and there's an accountability for people, you know, like, you know, I was using the example, like in LA or New York or something, the other place I've lived, I could go fucking assault someone on the street and never see them again. If I do that in my town, they're going to be at my house tomorrow. You know, it's like, it's a whole different thing. I mean, that's kind of a silly way to describe it, but, uh, you know, somehow moving yeah i'm afraid i'm gonna assault someone <laughs> oh fuck i gotta stop fucking we just wear a ski mask i mean that's what the ski mask are for actually since i've lived here i've been here for six years now um the bank my bank has been robbed and people got away with it the really gun, the gun store in town was robbed and they got what? away with it yeah they broke into the yeah. gun store and took a bunch of guns which you know, that's a crime, but having a stolen firearm is, I mean, that's, that's a huge crime. So that's like, that's even worse than rob. That's even worse than robbery. So, you know, that's no good. That's hot weapons. So that's pretty intense. That's pretty fucking spooky. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so you might want to get a bulletproof vest actually coming here. This is like, this is going to be, this is going to be a step up. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. I just want to master that one light in town. I always stop at it when it's a yellow. I know the one confusing stoplight in town. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah it's like flashing yellow. You're like, what does yeah. flashing yellow mean? It means you yeah. you cautiously proceed. And yeah, that's how you tell people are from out of town because they get honked at because yeah. they'll stop on the hill, you know. And that's because then if yeah. you have a standard behind them, you're like, fucking go, like. You know? Yeah, I got honked at, and I, I felt really felt like a. Flatlander. Yeah. I've definitely seen some hicks yelling at people out of their trucks for fucking stopping at that window. Don't have a Massachusetts yeah. or a New York license plate and stop at that light because you're going to get uh, you're gonna get hollered at. But that's about it. That's about it. That's the most you'll get. Yeah. I noticed they have uh, at the airport, they had T-shirts that say native. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, I'm going to get one of those. Just wear it all the time. Definitely, yeah. Get the get the hat with the town name. Get the shirt. Just start wearing yeah. it all. Yeah. Start talking about the history. Just start talking to people about the history. You just got here a week yeah. ago. They do actually have a yeah. historical society in town at the old railroad station, which I haven't been to, but I bet it's baller because all the pictures of of what used to go on here. You know, since it was uh, fucking quarry town and shit, and like you know, it, it's pretty fucking cool. Like a bunch of just badass people with like horses, and like it's like old West town. It's pretty rad. 
We'll have to check it out. I can't wait. Yeah. Snowmobiles. Uh, Snowmobiles. We're going to fucking, yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to, this is just the beginning. Very soon you'll be sitting live in studio with me doing this podcast. Right. Your sidekick. I have a feeling you'll be a very (laughs) frequent contributor to the podcast. (laughs) That's going to be, that's going to be great. So yeah, I wanted, and I guess we, I guess we sort of started to touch on it a little bit. I wanted to know kind of like what your general thoughts are about, you know, the the spending the time you have, spending a good chunk, you know, twenty years in Hollywood, um, and uh, you know, kind of a classic coming to Hollywood, you know, story, and and trying to make something of yourself, and and being very successful at it, and then kind of at the end of this era, like looking back, and you know, and again, it's you know, it's kind of come up quickly because you know this kind of all manifested in the last like feels like the last month or something where we really started to ramp up all this stuff about, you know, possibly you buying their house and everything. But, uh, you know, do you, do you have, do you have you even thinking about that at all? Kind of reflecting on the end of this era and this kind of moment of, of, uh, you know, a, bit, a big kind of shift in going from who you are extremely established being right. I mean, you're what, how old are you? You're 47 years old. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you're 47 years old, firmly established in this career here. You know, most people would just keep on riding the train, you know, uh, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts reflecting back on that? Well, I, I remember about 15 years ago, I had a friend who worked on the Simpsons and he was on, I think from the beginning, he was a director and it was just like a great job and he was making money and, and, and he, he quit and moved. He actually moved to Vermont. He lives up by Burlington. Oh shit. And he just wanted to get in. He just wanted to do something else and wanted to change. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh, that's – how could he do that? And that, that's so scary. And like I would just stay on The Simpsons forever. Yeah. That, I, I can't believe he like walked away from that. And it's definitely something that now that I'm older, I have a different perspective on it. Because um, I think when I started – I started in 2000. My first job was on SpongeBob. And you know, I was just – I couldn't believe it that I was – you know, going to Nickelodeon every day. And like, I was in a writer's room with these funny people and we were making this cartoon that was taken off. Like when I think when I started, uh, you couldn't find SpongeBob merchandise anywhere. Like there was a, there was a hat for sale in a mall in, in uh, Glendale and everybody was all excited. They like went to this mall to buy the hat because someone saw it in a store. And then, you know, a year later it's the licensing is great. You know, there's just SpongeBob toilet seats and, SpongeBob fly swatters. And, uh, so I think at the time, like the, the thought, if someone told me back then, like, Hey, do you want to quit and move away? I would have been like, no way. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it was, so, it was just cause I was just starting and now, but now, you know, I worked on SpongeBob and then I went to Cartoon Network and I worked on Camp Laszlo and then I went to Disney and I worked on Phineas and Ferb. And then I was back at Cartoon Network on Flapjack where I met you and then I went to London for four months and worked on Gumball. And I went back to Cartoon Network and worked on Adventure Time. And I was on Adventure Time from the beginning. And, you know, that that next thing I know, yeah, I'm 47. And I'm like, whoa, like, where did, where did all that time go? And I, I feel good. Like, I feel like I, that's, a, that's a good career. Like, I was, I was in the right place at the right time for a couple of those jobs. And, uh <laughs> it's it's funny. I feel like I'm I'm like a sports person, like being interviewed after a game. 
<laughs> you, that was a great touchdown. How did you do that? Did you put? Did you know you were gonna put your finger in his butt in the game? Was that part of your game plan? You know, I'm just out there trying to put my finger in his butt. I'm, never, I'm not really thinking about the, the points on the board or anything. Um, but yeah, I, so yeah, I'm, I'm, it's weird how unscared I am about yeah. the idea of sort of. I've been in my apartment for 14 years. I've been yeah. in LA since '92. Wow. I have friends out here that I'm really close with. And for some reason, I'm just, it feels really, I think I've been uh, preparing myself psychologically uh, to to move. I've been telling everybody for like the past 10 years, like, I just want to go live in the woods. I want to yeah. live in the woods. Um, and yeah, and I just, I, it was so easy to, I, I, I looked at that house and just kind of fell in love with it. And coming back here, I'm not even worried about it. I, I feel like the industry is definitely changing a little. On, on Adventure Time, we had, it was the first show I was on where we had storyboarders that lived in, you know, London and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sweden and uh, Canada. And so we had, we had people working remotely and, you know, with, with uh, Skype or Gchat or, you know, you can make videos of yourself pitching and like Steve Wolfhard would like, his pitches were so great and he wasn't in the room. He was just there on computer and, but he would pitch it and it's, you know, it's, it's basically like he's there. Um, and so I think, I think producers are starting to see that as, cause when, when someone's working remotely, you don't, uh, pay them as much. You get sort of a lower rate because the person's not coming into the office and actually don't know how it works. It's cause you're doing the same job, but because you're kind of doing it on your own schedule, you get paid a little less. But I, so I think producers are starting to realize they can save some money by having a few positions be there. I think they're more open to the idea of people mm-hmm. working remotely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i feel yeah. like i feel like i got there right at that kind of turning point because like the short time that i spent on flapjack uh you know i got flack for wanting to work from my 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 house you know in la because you know i was going to be more productive but then you know on adventure time once once we kind of settled in there and uh you know knew you know knew knew kind of what was going you know once once i kind of figured out what was going on uh, you know, I feel like I was, I feel like, and maybe you remember better than me. I feel like I was in studio for probably most of the first season, but then, yeah. uh, the next three seasons, I feel like I worked pretty much exclusively out of my apartment, uh, which Kelly, Kelly asked me, I would tell me like, don't tell people that you do that. <laughs> cause like, yeah. cause like it's somehow like against some fucking union standards or some fucking whack bullshit. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I think since, yeah. since we're all off adventure time now, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's, I'm sure it's okay. Well, I think line producers have a hard time because they usually don't hire the the creative side. Like they sort of deal, they're, they're running like the office, like the production office. And I think they, I remember coming in, you know, at noon uh, and um, when I was on Camp Laszlo and, the, you know, someone, the producer said to me, hey, you should get here at 10. And I was like, I was up till three last night, like writing. Like, what do you, like, what's, like, I'm not missing my deadlines. Like, what's the problem? And mm-hmm. yeah, I think they like have a, it's a, yeah, it's kind of, it's nice when you have a producer who kind of respects that you're doing your work and you're doing a good job and you're getting it in on time. Uh, but I, yeah, I remember they were like, it's, it's hard on the other people who have to be here at 10 that you come in at 12. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put my office in the corner and I'll sneak in. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Man, yeah, that was that was those those were some those were some really fun times. I really enjoyed, even though you know I so I was working at 
I was working at home a lot just because that helped me be much more productive. And then I would kind of pop in, uh, you know, about once a week and, and meet with Nick Jennings, the art director. And he was so crucial to my success on the show, you know, cause I had never done, you know, I never done backgrounds before. And, uh, just like the volume of work, you know, I feel like, I really feel like if, there had been a different art director on that show that it might not have worked out. Like I might not have been able to work with them, you know, because, you know, coming from the illustration side of things and, you know, not being used to that volume of work and stuff and, and just how willing Nick was to, you know, just like, just like be super encouraging to me and like, you know, give me, you know, kind of more of the, more of the like stuff that he felt like I'd be really good for, you know, obviously all the key stuff and then, you know, give me a little less stuff, but give me the like ones that I could really go wild on and the more important uh, locations, obviously, since I was the, you know, kind of lead background designer. Um, but man, I'm so thankful for Nick to, uh, you know, that he was there. That was truly serendipitous. I've always felt like, man, if that was a different art director, or it might have gone really a different way, man. So it, it was funny. I feel like I feel like up and down and all around uh, Adventure Time had you know what made it great was there's so many people all along the way that had like great great individual personalities and uh, but but all wanted to kind of meld together and make this thing. And also just to think about how much like man Nick put so much into that show. He was like he was so into it and, and he would just put so much into it and you could tell. And then just as a human being, man, Nick, like Nick Jennings, like I'm, I'm a very upbeat person and I'm like a very productive and like active person. But like, man, I would always be like, he was so pumped all the time. And then he would always be like, yeah, we were doing like all this boy scout stuff with my kids this weekend. And we were like building a catapult. And like every time I would come talk to him, he was, he would just blow my mind with like, how much he was pouring into the show and then how much he was pouring into his life outside. That was truly inspiring yeah. to me. That was, that was, that was crazy. Yeah. I'm always impressed with the people that, that work on these shows that have uh, kids that are like married and have kids. Like it's, it's just crazy. Cause I just go home and sit in my underwear and watch Netflix and drink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Nick's awesome. Yeah, Adventure Time was great because it had sort of a good balance of like like people that were experienced and knew what they were doing, and then there were people that like hadn't done it before and were were really talented, and it was like a good it was a good balance. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is a this is a juicy old podcast. We only we've only been we're only twenty five minutes into this podcast right now. Nice, but it feels like we've known each other for a lifetime. So one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about was uh, I think what I was thinking about when I was thinking about talking to you was um, that you kind of saw me come through uh, Cartoon Network and then come here and then, you know, start Go Scout training camp because I started it the first summer we got here. And then I think I... I think I invite, I don't know. I probably didn't invite anybody the first year because there were no guests at that point. Cause I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. But I feel like maybe the second and definitely the third year I had talked to you, I was starting to talk to people about coming. And I feel like did I, I talked to you before you actually came, right? Was there there, did I talk to you about it before you were able to come? 
yeah, we talked a little. I think we were communicating through email, and you def, you definitely like prepared me. You sent the guidelines and and yeah. kind of, uh, but it, it still was. Uh, it wasn't until I experienced it that I, you know, fully understood. I think what you were doing. Yeah, I think like that's what I was gonna ask you. Like, like you know, seeing like being like knowing me and hearing me sort of talk about my wacky visions and stuff of what I wanted to do with my life. You know, going going back to you know New England, and then seeing camp start and evolve, and then you know, like you know, perceiving it from the outside. And then coming into it and then getting super into it, like, like, like you came and then you got super into it to the point where, you know, you came the first time, you came back the second time and we're just so pumped on it and, and involved in it that, you know, we made you an honorary Go Scout. And then yeah. coming back this year again, you know, last year we did a little bit of the workshop stuff. We experimented with that. And then this year we expanded on that. We did more workshop stuff like the whole time. And then, um, you know, and then next year, you know, we're, you know, you already said, Hey, I want to come back and be a counselor, which will be hilarious. Even though you live, you know, you're going to live down the, down the street, you know, one, one, one house down, you'd be here, you know, camping out for, you know, 19 days or whatever, like, you know, talk a little bit about what it was like to kind of see it from outside. I'm always fascinated of what people's perceptions are of like looking at what, camp is online and and stuff and then like coming in and being immersed in camp i feel like you probably more than anybody can kind of can kind of talk about that yeah definitely the first time i came i you know i, I think i watched i was like watching one of your videos and it was like you guys were like dancing mm -hmm. you were playing like rock jams and dancing and i kind of like looked at one point i was watching it for like a few minutes and i looked down and saw the little time bar where I saw that it only it had like another half hour <laughs> and, and I kind of like scanned ahead, you know, I, I like went ahead and saw it. you guys are just still dancing and, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah. And, and then I, I, first time I came, I took a red eye and I landed in Burlington and went right to, uh, the Vermont, uh, brewery because it was your birthday. And right, yes. right, right. Yeah. So for my birthday, we all came in. Yeah. In the, in the pre, in the, for the first five years for the month long format, uh, my birthday is smack in the middle of camp on, on August 14th. And we would all go into Burlington, you know, the, 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 the biggest city in Vermont, although it's pretty modest compared to any large metropolitan area, but it's a real cool little city and we go and spend the whole day there together. Um, and that's always a really fun time. So yeah, you met us for the, for the first yeah. two years you came, you met us there that, that day. Sure. Yeah, and uh, and that, that was like a kind of a fun way to like yeah uh, jump in, but I was sleep deprived, and then I was a little drunk, and then I got to camp, and uh, you know it was starting to get dark, and uh, it was raining, and I was a little kind of you know the first time I kind of hiked up the hill to the where the everyone was camping, I was I was like oh this is uh, hard, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I remember being really. Uh, confused by the sort of the military uh, aspect of it where you were kind of walking around in a jumpsuit and you had the pipe in your mouth and you were, you told like two cadets, you were like, grab his bags. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Told, you a couple other, you're like, help him get his tent set up. And so these two cadets were just like helping me and like really excited to meet me. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, I could get used to this. And, uh, <laughs> 
And then I think we tried to watch a movie, but it was raining. Right. And we tried to watch we, Twins, man, yeah, but, it, but it started to sprinkle like 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 yeah. about 25 minutes in or something like that. Yeah. And so we, you kind of called it, and we all just went up to the cabins, and the yeah, cabins we had to like, we had to like, f- like, re- like, all right, guys, break it down. Like they had to pull yeah. down this giant like screen that's just uh, strung yeah. up between the trees, this uh, canvas that we project on, yeah. and then and then I had to snatch up the the uh, the projector and run it inside and get the DVD book inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. there was a lot of scrambling, yeah. and I think at that point I I hadn't really camped much as an adult. Like I was a Boy Scout, and yeah. I, I was used to camping growing up but as an adult i remember thinking like when it really started raining i was like what do we do we all go inside dan's house like what do we do like how do we <laughs> and uh but we went up to the cabins which were you know didn't have windows yet and didn't have doors and uh they were you know we just kind of went and we were in the cabins like kind of like hanging out and um everybody was like talking and getting to know people and uh you know it was dark and we were drinking and it was a really it was just like a really fun uh it was a fun moment to sort of go, wow, 24 hours ago I was in LA like sitting in traffic and now I'm like in the rain in a cabin, like with a bunch of artists and we're just, I'm like, this is the best time I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that was like, that, that was like my, my first year. And, uh, uh, it, it was, yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Cause yeah, I was there on Saturday and then Sunday was, uh, the sort of the field trip. And then I think I left Monday or Tuesday. I oh, know I did. Yeah, I did one day. I did work for one day. And then uh, I think I left Tuesday. But uh, yeah, the thing that hit me the most, especially the next year when I came for a longer amount of time was the dedica- the, the, the way everyone was really um, uh, committed to doing their art in the woods and yeah. really used that time, like pe- seeing people like eat their lunch really quick and immediately just start drawing and working on the projects and uh, seeing people, you know, in the rain under a tarp, like with all their materials and all their, like their pens and their watercolors and, and like, everyone's just like going so hardcore and people working at night, like it's after dinner and people are, have their headlamps on and they're drawn by the light of their headlamps. And, uh, for me, I think that's the most important, uh, that's the most like, uh, that was the most impressive thing about the whole experience was just how people weren't you know going there and kind of you know being tired from all the work and getting up early and and that that everyone was there to like like kind of challenge themselves and 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 be better artists and learn and and yeah and share their stuff at the end of the day and kind of i don't know it's a really good uh atmosphere and environment to to do that and uh, that that's the most impressive. And that's kind of the thing you almost forget to talk about when you come home and you're trying to describe it to people because you talk about, you know, getting up early and doing calisthenics and cutting down trees and going on these field trips and, you know, being wet in your tent and everything's damp and, you know, hearing critters at night. And then, you know, but the, the biggest thing is just uh, everybody doing their art is like for me, that was that was the most uh, impressive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's always, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because you, you know, when they come here, you know, I'm trying to create this experience where they get removed from what they're used to. That's the magic of it. You know what I'm saying? They come here, they go out in the woods and they're kind of, you know, they they don't have their cell phones. 
they're not on the internet you know they're unplugged from everything and they you know day by day kind of like absorb into the forest more and more and but you know the but then the schedule of of camp you know getting up at six uh eating a quick breakfast um getting it going you know just people really respond well to you know in one way you know being really kind of uh spaced out in the woods here you know that they're here they're 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 everything is really simplified and streamlined um and then and then you know the the schedule just keeps it moving along so it's like everything slows down a lot because like you're just in one place like you know normally in your day you're like going to do this going to do that you don't usually spend like a whole day let alone like two three days in a row like in one place you know what i'm saying like a lot of times they'll go into you know town you know twice a week or whatever two three times a week so they're spending multiple days just chilling in this one forest environment you know so in that way it's 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 this kind of like timeless experience but then the pace of camp keeps it really high morale really motivating and uh, that's what i think is the really interesting thing is like coming out into this really peaceful calm space but then setting a really good pace where you're making sure that you're being productive because that's what makes people feel so good you know that's what they love about camp is you know a lot of people will go back and be like yeah i'm getting up every day you know working up i'm working out every morning and and doing this and you know i feel like when they when they're here you know they're kind of like acclimating to the experience and then it's, you know, then they go home and then they can, you know, try to try to translate that and try to apply it to, you know, oh, what am I going to do with my life now? Like everybody sort of talks about, you know, this sort of like post camp syndrome where you kind of get home and you're sitting in your room and all of a sudden you don't really know what to do because you're so used to being there in camp with everybody you know like i don't know it's, it's pretty interesting i think it's a i think we put together a unique experience you know what i'm saying i think it's an interesting combination like i think it's funny because people are you know i mean people are struck by the by the combination of of like the the art obviously the artistic stuff but i think people associate a lot of artistic stuff with being like laid back and like just kind of going with the flow and like working when you're feeling it and stuff like that and kind of procrastinating and because we present an environment that is the opposite of that you know it's like all right guys it's time to do this it's time to do that and like but everybody gets into it and and then it shows like hey if you can pace your shit like this you can get this much done on your own too you know and i think that that's like i don't know that's kind of that for me that's really what like got me to where i am you know it's just like that's my natural thing i get up at 6 a.m i do this i do that you know i'll break up my day like i mean even right now like i mean it's exactly the camp schedule i get up at 6 a.m um you know obviously we have kids and stuff so i'm getting the kids going and then you know me and wolfie are building on the house in the morning till lunch and then we break and then you know we do drawing stuff in the afternoon so it's like you know that that schedule is actually like my weird like life schedule so it's yeah. funny but you know I, it's i love that you know people come and they they you know everybody says like man i i didn't expect to work as hard as i did here and i, and I love to hear that because 
to me, it's like work ethic is gonna is is what's gonna get you where you want to go in life. If you don't have a work ethic, it doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't matter how good your shit looks. If you don't have a work ethic to back it up with, you're just not gonna go very far. You know, we've 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 both seen people that are very talented, but you know, they have trouble kind of like just hitting it, being able to being able to get up every day and do it. You know what I'm saying? And that's such a big part of being a professional artist that. You know, you know, that's one of the things I love about campus. I think that really gets the point across to everybody that comes through like, hey, you can, you know, because being here is being in a dream. It's being in a dream and a vision that I had that, that you know, is, is, you know, like of just doing all my favorite shit with people in the woods. So that proves that, you know, if you get up and you hustle, like you can create whatever weird ass you know shit that you want to create in your life so like you know i i just think that's a really cool part of it yeah for sure what are you, what are you drinking dan well i drank uh i was i finished off i had a little bit of napog castle uh 12 year single malt irish whiskey a uh, little early birthday present for myself that I got. My birthday is on Monday. I'm going to be 37 years old. So I, I just finished off that. I had a couple glasses of that as we started off, and now I'm just drinking a little bit of water. A little bit of juicy old refreshing water that is running out of the uh, hilltop across from my house. This 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 water that I'm drinking... When I poured it into this cup, it came out of the earth like about one minute before. So that's about as fresh and juicy as it gets. And I love it. It's like every time I drink the water, I can't believe how fucking like flavorful. It just tastes nutritious. It just tastes like I'm drinking all the fucking power of the earth and all the hollow earth and all the aliens that are down there fucking creating this water for me to drink. I can taste it. I can taste the effort of the aliens in hollow earth creating this water. I'm gonna pour, I got a little 10 year old scotch. Nice. Let's see if you can hear this. Oh, I can. It sounds juicy. It sounds a little splishy, splashy. Yeah, the ice cube. Mmm. Just snapping and crackling. Yeah. I love it. There's nothing... I'll tell you what. There's nothing like... One of my favorite things in the world is sitting around a campfire with a with a toasty old pipe. With Grandpa's toasty old pipe. You gotta clean it out. You don't want Grandpa's juices still in that pipe. You gotta, you gotta break it down. You gotta get out the pipe cleaners. You gotta clean Grandpa's juices out of that old pipe. But once you get a nice, clean, fresh, toasty pipe ripping, then you're mm. by that you're by that fire in the night, and you're and you're looking up, and you can see all the stars that we can see here. Oh man! And then you got that juicy, splishing, splashing old scotch, that old single malt whiskey going in your cup. Ooh, that's like you're a cowboy out on the range. That's like you're about to wrangle some cattle. You know what I'm saying? That's what it feels like feels very feels very wholesome 
Am I going to have to start smoking a pipe when I... Well, I'll say that my mom must have listened to my first podcast because she emailed me this morning telling me that I shouldn't be smoking a pipe because it is very bad for your health. Uh, So, you know, you're a grown man. You're a grown man. And if you feel like it would be in your best interest to have just a, you know, an occasional recreational pipe with your neighbor then, you know, I I endorse that. And we have lots of pipes here that you can borrow until you feel like you're ready to invest in your own. Because I do love a good pipe. You know, both my, I will say, both my parents have survived cancer. My dad did almost die of throat cancer. So it's definitely something that I think about, although he never smoked. Um, They, quote unquote, don't know why he got cancer. But, you know, I assume it's from all the just, you know, preservatives and, you know, drinking alcohol and all that good stuff. And then my mom had, so my dad, actually, my dad had throat and ear cancer, and he almost died. He was, like, in rough shape. This was right when I was going to college. And uh, I remember the day he told me, it was like I was going to college. We were in Cape Cod, and we were driving to the art supply store. We were visiting my grandparents, and we were driving to the art supply store. And, you know, obviously this must have been, you know, my dad knew that he was going to tell me. And I was like, you know, about to go to college, about to go to my freshman year of college at Pratt in Brooklyn. And uh, he told me, you know, I have cancer. And I remember just how crazy it was. And then I was like off at school, you know, while he was going through this stuff. So it was kind of wild. And uh, but yeah, he was like he was like he had to eat through a stomach tube. He had he had such bad cancer. He had like a 30 percent survival chance or something. And then, uh, you know, but luckily he was like in good enough shape where they could give him the maximum amount of like chemotherapy, which is obviously like super crazy and heavy duty. And he was like, he was like skin and bones and he had to eat through a stomach tube. And, uh, and he was like, you know, all his hair fell out and shit. And so I would come back from school, you know, and, and man, it's, it's a pretty wild. So I definitely think about that all the time. I definitely try to keep the pipe smoking down um you know but i do love a fucking toasty roasty old pipe so mom i hear you i thank you for the i thank you for the advice very solid advice i cannot argue with it at all because i also harp on people's health you know what i'm saying i get after my dad for you know you know drinking a little you know too often and you know, even though it's, you know, just, you know, normal people stuff, you know, you have a drink, you have a couple drinks every night, but that shit adds up. And then, you know, just eating regular processed foods, you know, that that's just super bad for you. So I do get on other people about shit. So I definitely, I, I, I accept that advice, mom. I love you. Thank you for telling me not to smoke a pipe. I should not smoke a pipe, but occasionally I do smoke a pipe. And then my mom, uh, she had she had breast cancer when I was like like sophomore year in college. It was like back to back. It was pretty wild. And I remember getting that news. She called me. I was in my room. I was in a. I get well. Maybe it was junior year because I feel like I was in. I had a single room. At the fifteenth floor of the Willoughby dorm at Pratt. And, uh, and she told me, and I just remember crying, like, what the fuck? Just thinking it was so crazy that my dad had just survived cancer. He would, he had barely survived. And then, you know, and then my mom got it and it was just, man, it was so wild, but it's so common. You hear people, you know, all the time, everybody's, you know, getting these, all these crazy cancers and 
diseases and stuff from preventable causes, but you know, you definitely have to pick your poisons. You definitely have to pick your poisons. I've been drinking a lot less. Like when I was in LA, actually, when I was balling in LA, cause you know, obviously it's like, you know, you're making a lot more money there. I used to drink two bottles. There was a, there was a, there was a good, probably the last couple of years there, I would drink a couple of bottles of single malt scotch every week, like a couple $40 bottles from Trader Joe's. And, uh, that's like, I mean, that's not even a lot. That's only like three, three, maybe four drinks a night. You know what I'm saying? Which I mean, you know, I mean, I guess that's, that's a fair, that's a fair amount of drink to have, but, uh, but it doesn't feel like it when you're just chilling, you know, you're just throwing on a movie, you know, you have a couple of fucking scotches, maybe you have another one and, uh, it's easy, man. It's easy for it to stack up, but yeah, definitely something I think about definitely stuff I've been, I've been trying to cut, cut back on. And, you know, what uh, goes, uh, you know, it goes good with scotch. What? More scotch. More scotch. You know what goes good with scotch? An old toasty pipe. And uh, supposedly drinking and smoking together is super bad for you. So, mm. Mom, yeah. I, I, I hear that, Mom. I hear you saying that in my head right now, Mom. I love you, Mom. I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. Mama <laughs> no, no, Mama James, Mama James. We're the Mama first. James. We're the first. We are Bandit. the first. <laughs> yeah, we are the first bandit namesakes. Yeah, we are the first year. bandit namesakes, which I feel is super classic. That you know, people people probably call me a sellout because I went to Hollywood and changed my last name. Right? That's what everybody does in Hollywood. You should change your last name before you move from Hollywood, just to get it done. Okay. You well, do you cry? Do you cry a lot, Dan? Do I, I used to, I used to cry more like, especially relationship stuff. I used to definitely be like, if, if I got an argument, you know, with my girlfriend or whatever, I would definitely cry early on. Like I, I, I'm a very like emotional sensitive person, but I feel like I cried so much. I mean, not to sound like just a mega pussy, you know, whatever, like, uh, I didn't cry. I don't think I cried that much, but like, you know, if there's like a serious argument, I don't know, I would just get emotional yeah. and, and I would, I would just cry, you know, and, and as part of it. And, uh, but yeah, I felt like a certain point I reached a certain age where it just like dried up. Like I just like yeah. felt like it just like I worked it out of my system or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I was a pretty emotional kid. You know, I could definitely be, remember being, like, overwhelmed with emotion as, like, a teenager and as a kid. Um, definitely being more sensitive, especially for a guy. Like, you know, a lot of guys are supposed to be, like, you know, super masculine and tough and, like, you know, you don't cry or whatever. And I definitely was on the spectrum of, like, a dude in my younger years that would that would cry and get emotional about things. But, yeah, not I, – I mean, almost nothing – uh nowadays i feel like i i can't remember the last time i would have cried and broken down there's definitely a few you know i can actually i can remember a few like you know intense moments with athena here um you know in our marriage where you know we're like working out some heavy issues and you know uh you know it i i definitely am overwhelmed by emotion and crying but but much less much less now you know much less now what about you are you a crier uh I'll cry. I, I cry from like happiness or like if oh, I see yeah. like yeah, yeah. commercial or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll cry like, cause I can't handle how beautiful something is like, yeah. all this, and it's, and then, and then it's kind of funny, you know, you're just like laughing. You're like, why, why am I crying? Yeah. Um, it feels emotional, but I, yeah, I definitely, I was living with someone and we would fight and I remember I'd cry. I cried a couple of times, and it, but it was kind of like looking back, it was like, it was almost like you were 
sending up a flare to like you're, you want them to like you're you're crying to kind of like end the argument like you're, you're asking for mercy it oh yeah like... no it's definitely like a strategic tool like a strategic yeah. advantage definitely no and sometimes i think like man i could like cry right now and it could be like this could totally yeah. shift the whole like <laughs> argument here no it's yeah. definitely yeah definitely a tool uh employed but you got to be careful because it's like a thin line between like I feel like you've got to be like mostly ready to cry and then just like make the decision that like, like have that be like the, the, like the, the, the final vote, like in your mind, like that it will also be good strategically for you. I feel like if it's like mostly a strategic thing, then you're like borderline, like a manipulative person and like probably not being fair to the person that you're with. (laughs) It's definitely a fine line. I mean, I'll I'll say I'm, I'm sure that there's been times where I've, cried as a strategic tool definitely as a kid you see kids do that all the time like wolfie fucking does that cry as a strategic tool or like do like over super overblown emotions to like leverage a position like like i like definitely they know whether it's like whether they're doing it intuitively or like you know it's like i wonder how much they're kind of doing it but it's definitely a strategy whether they whether they're too young to know it's a strategy or not uh definitely a strategy employed very frequently by my son to you know super overblow like on a daily basis like super overblow his emotions to like you know shift uh the power in a in a in a discussion and try to get a decision you know try to get a decision to go in his favor frequently involved in like something that he's just decided that he wants like super bad and then you know is gonna flip out that he can't get it or you know like that he's ready to watch now, even though it's not time for him to watch his, you know, hour of TV or whatever, like (laughs) is definitely frequently. And then you have to like figure out as a parent, like how to not like flip out, you know, like, like, you know, it's so like your kids, like kids are so like frustrating, you know, like I love my kids, but like kids are so fucking frustrating. But like, if you are frustrated, if you, if you show frustration, towards your kids it's like super bad parenting and then they just like feel like you know you like you know if your parents are always frustrated frustrated with you for being a kid that's terrible because that's just what it is to be a kid so you know i realized like i had just an epiphany like man i just like no matter what happens i can't like show frustration to my kids i could just have to be super patient and just like keep repeating like like literally just like because one of the most infuriating things is that you have to repeat yourself like a 10 billion times a day just the same message is the same thing no you can't eat that no you can't eat that no you can't have that no you can't do that like over and over again and like but to get to, you have to reach like a zen state where you're just like you just no, you can't do that, buddy. You can't no, buddy, we're not gonna do that today. And like be willing to say it as many times as you have to to just like ride it out and like like just play the patience game with them. That's like that's a better outcome than just like getting frustrated and like, you know, I don't know, whatever you do, like, you know, overpower them with your will or like you know, some people like kind of will scare their kids, you know, I mean, everybody does it. I've definitely like scared my kid into an ending in conversation, you know, with showing anger or frustration or like a huge punishment or a huge threat or something. But it's, you can only do so many of those. It's amazing how quickly your kids get desensitized. Like the first time you start giving your kids timeouts are like 
devastated. And then, like, afterwards, like, I don't even care. I was going to fucking be here anyway. I love timeouts. Like, like, it's, like, does not phase them. And then, like, you're, like, you're on timeout. And then one minute later, they're just out, like, walking around in the refrigerator. And you're, like, you're on timeout. And they're, like, oh, I forgot. Like, it doesn't mean anything to them. So, like, you got to be careful because, like, they get desensitized to stuff so fast. And then, like, whatever you display to your kids, they're quickly going to start to redisplay to you. So, like, the more frustration you display to them, the more frustration they start to display back to you. So, it's like a crazy feedback loop with children. So, like, that's why you have to realize really quick, like, oh, man, I have to be, like, just super patient and cool with my kids. So, like, that, that that's what I'll train them to do. Because they're literally, like, learning all their behavior from you. And, like, the other people, too. But, I mean, like hopefully you're around them the most. So, you know, that's, that's really where they get it from. So, but it's, it's wild. Like being a parent has definitely been the greatest challenge of my life, you know, like so much more than, you know, being in like a committed relationship or something like that. Like, you know, that, that up till then was sort of the biggest, you know, kind of like challenge that I faced in my life was like, you know, just trying to like meld with somebody and like figure out like, oh, wow, like if I'm going to make a relationship work with someone, I have to like meet them halfway and like kind of have to like make, make their, their life goals, like, like half of my life goals and stuff. We need to like meld our life goals together and like evolve together and grow together to make this work. So, you know, that, that's a whole set of revelations that you go through. Like, you know, when you're going out with people and dating and shit and trying to cultivate like a serious relationship and then man, you have a kid and then they're just like weird little clones of the both of you walking around displaying like, like everything like all the good and bad attributes that like you have and then like the more you just the more you display to them the more that enhances like those parts of their personality that's actually your personality so it's like it's super super weird and super like fucking metaphysical like psychedelic and like fucking totally transcendent like i you know people have a tendency to like try to super normalize and rationalize everything in life and like their perceptions of things but man like nothing is stranger and like more mind-bending and 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 inspiring and like you know reality twisting than 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 having these creatures that you've created and now you have to raise them for like forever like kid like a deer can like shit out a deer and that other baby deer is like it's like wobbling around for a minute but that thing is like you know bambi's fucking mom gets shot and bambi's gonna still have to go out and make a whole movie without his mom you know like like they're ready to do that like kids like big children like i if i like abandoned my fucking one and a half year old kid in the woods i mean she'd be dead in the morning and it'd be horrific you know it's like it's like even wolfie like i mean he could live on his own for a bit but like he wouldn't last that long in the woods on his own right now you know like it's wild meet a little rabbit (laughs) yeah it's like it's so crazy how long it takes like humans to become you know i mean you know in cultures where they're geared towards that you know it's obviously much younger you know my probably a kid wolfie's age could actually probably you know in a in a hunter-gatherer society probably be like pretty good because he has all the physical tools you know and 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 he's so sharp mentally and everything but uh but man Uh, the painted bird the way you say that again uh, the Painted Bird. No, what like is a, that? Krzysztof Kaczynski novel. It's about a, a kid who gets separated from his family, like oh. kind of the aftermath of like World War II, and he's kind of wandering around Europe, and he's he's just like by himself and kind of kind of surviving. And 
Yeah, it reminds me of that. Thinking about like a kid, like would they survive on their own? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like Will would be okay. I feel like he's at the age where he'd actually be okay. Like it'd be really hard, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's really tough to kill animals, man. It's tough. Like, I don't think he would be able to do it. You have to really figure out how to hunt animals. It's a tricky thing. Yeah, I figure it out. His name's Wolf. His name is Wolf. His name is definitely Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. He could. His name is Wolf Bandit. So he would have a shot. He would have. A, he yeah. would have a shot. Yeah, you've given him enough to start with. <laughs> I gave you this name, son. Now go eat animals in the forest. I'm going to tie you to this tree for a month. I'll be back in a month. I'm not going to come back before a month, so don't bother shouting my name because no one is going to come and help you. You're going to be tied to this tree for a month. You're either going to die here or you're going to become a savage man named Wolfman Bandit Man. And that's that's the end of that part of the story. That's the end of that vision. The first night I was there, we were having a shack barbecue, and it was time for Wolfie to go to bed, and he was not having it. And I just he was I remember he was just like on his hands and knees, pounding the ground, saying, "This is so fun." <laughs> I know he's so. This oh my so god! Fun. Yeah, no, there was like you guys. Yeah, you, you, there was like some of the biggest meltdowns of his recent uh, life were definitely happened uh, during camp. Yeah. He was. You're, just, you're, he was you're just like. I know it's fun, buddy. I know it's fun. I know this sucks. This is hard. <laughs> yeah, again, it's because I. Yeah, it's that thing where you're like, you know, there's no point in trying to chastise them and make them feel like there's something wrong you know because it is it's like and i can vividly remember what it's like to be that age and 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 be going to bed in the summertime when it's light out and you can hear your friends playing outside literally i can fucking remember exactly what that felt like and being like this is so whack like what fuck my parents like this is whack like this is this would not be like this But then it's crazy because they get so manic, you know, they stay up late and then they get so manic and that's part of it. So, yeah, we would let him stay up late at camp, you know, this time, you know, and then, yeah, it's like you'd literally have to like, he'd be just running and hiding in the forest to try to like not go to bed. And he's just like flailing. He's like a fish on the deck of a boat at that point. Just like you get him inside and he's just like, like, just like, just, oh, it's terrible. But yeah, you just got to ride it out and just be like, I know, buddy, I know, buddy. And then you bargain with him. You go, to buddy, you get to wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, everybody's going to be here. Everybody's going to be drawn in camp all day. You go up there. You can, this is the voice that I use with him, you know, <laughs> you could, buddy, you know, you can get up there. You would just eat breakfast and then you can go right up there. You can stay up there all day. You know what I'm saying? You bring all your drawing supplies up. You can have such a fun day tomorrow. You know, you're tired. You're so tired. I always go. I go, buddy, I know you don't think you're tired, but if you really stop and think about it, I bet you will feel that you could probably go to bed because really you are tired. And then, so, and then like after, and then after, and then after, after like 10 minutes, he'll be like, I am really tired. Awesome. It's a weird kind of Jedi mind trick. Like, and I've learned yeah. this, like, I feel like if, even in like the last year, I've like learned so much about being a parent. And I feel like I've definitely reached like that Jedi level of like, you know, where you have to just really like calmly talk to them and like 
convince them of the inevitable truth and then like they slowly come around to it but it literally is like a 10 15 20 minute like investment and like that's when it can get frustrating you know like when we were watching those fights and like i had to jump up in like the middle of like the main event that we had been like waiting for for that ufc fight um obviously it was a fight night if it was a big fight i would have you know made it clear that i was not going to be <laughs> i was like i'm not putting wolfie to bed tonight <laughs> but you know i was putting him to bed that night and then uh because we we basically alternate like you know uh we like we'll we'll switch kids so like you know junie's a little bit easier to put to bed so like i'll put junie like like this tonight i put wolfie to bed you know you gotta like get him his pjs you know brush his teeth and you know he does it but you gotta do it with him and then uh you get in bed and we're reading like uh the original ninja turtles volume two right now like the second graphic novel of the original ninja turtles comic so we like read you know half a issue or whatever and you get him in bed and uh but yeah we so we alternate but yeah it's like you know some of those nights it's like you just really have to you just really have to talk them into it and it's like it's a whole it's a whole thing and then yeah i had to jump up right in the middle of that fight and like miss like a whole round of it but like i know and and i'm like in my mind i'm i could get mad and i could get frustrated but i know like that's only gonna make it worse that's gonna throw gas on the fire and then i'm gonna be mad and then i'm gonna come back and then i'm gonna be like the dude who's like the mad father who's coming back and like, I'm like, man, you know, like, I don't know. It's just so lame. Like when you're hanging out with people and then they come back and they're all like mad, you know, you don't want to be mad. I hate being mad. I hate being frustrated. I hate being mad. That's one of the things I've, I've, I've tried to just think about a lot in general. And like, you know, I feel like it's a big part of like living in Vermont and, 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 you know, I feel like you'll, you'll kind of feel here is like, you kind of like, have a little bit more ability to self-reflect out here you're like just out in the woods and stuff and like just think a lot more about that and so and i guess it's because i like i have kids and i'm just kind of more prone to that anyway but but that's one of the things i've just been thinking about is like i just i don't even want to be frustrated like remember we were talking because you know you were going you were going through some drama with some studio stuff that was going on uh back in la while you were here for camp this year and, uh, and, you know, we had been talking about it and I was like, wow, like, you know, I was like, it just made me realize like how little drama, like I have in my life. Like, this is like yeah. this big thing. And we were like talking about it. And I was like, man, like, you know, you're going to enjoy it when you come here. Cause like, you know, you can really choose to, you can, I feel like here you can choose the level of drama more, you know? And, and, and I just realized how much of an effort now I make to make my life drama free. Like, in the way I interact with people in my life and, and where the way I interact with Athena in our marriage and stuff now, like, you know, whereas before I'd be more prone to like try to make a point or try to, I'm also like, I'm a super like talkative person, obviously. Like I'm like, you know, and like, I'll like talk points to death. Like I get this from my dad and my mom can relate to this. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm like super guilty of replicating this behavior of my dad where like, he'll just like belabor a point and like go over it like two, three times. And like, I do the same goddamn thing. Like I'll just make a point and then make it again and then make it again. And it's like, it can be like mind numbing for like the, you know, like the people that you're with. So like, and like, there's a certain, like, there's a certain, and what happens you, you make it and then 
it's like I make the point and then somehow you find yourself still talking about the same shit right. and you're like remaking the point from another angle and then you're like right. remaking it again from like another angle and like roping in other reasons to like like back up the point that you're making. I don't know. It's just something that like runs in the family and that I'm super guilty of and that I've yeah. been just trying to not do because it's just, you know, it can just like it can just like create that like that drama in your life where you're like kind of like in these contentious conversations and stuff and you know so i've been i've been definitely like making a huge effort to like just be like just be like chill and cool with everyone in my life and try to just like be be like very just like low drama and like low stress and like just like just like just like not get sucked in like not gets i think a big part of it is like because there's always situations that can be stressful in your life but I feel like now I think like, do I, do I want to worry about this? Do I want to engage in this? Is this worth the, like the, 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 the emotional energy, like to invest in worrying about this or no, you know, like, and I'm actually prone to kind of like, well, now I'm kind of like, kind of like blurring the lines a little bit, but like, as far as the worrying thing goes, I feel like that's tied in with like the drama and the and the whole stress thing and like you know bo both my parents are definitely worriers they both worry about stuff my dad like worries about i love my parents so like anything i say about them here is all with like you know the most love and like i have all the traits of them in me but like my dad will he'll project out and worry about things that could happen in the future and then my mom is like constantly super anxious about like what could go wrong in the present moment and like it's also transferred to like my siblings you know my younger sister and my younger brother both have you know i think some some more ongoing kind of battles with you know different levels of anxiety and stuff in their lives and i can vividly remember at a certain point being like earlier in my life you know uh, you know as a uh, you know probably as a young adult you know going to college and stuff thinking like man like i'm not just not going to worry about anything i'm not going to invest like any time in worrying about stuff and i almost never never worry about anything so i think that was sort of the first part of it for me and then and then more recently what i started talking about was more recently lately I feel like I've added in the thing of like really trying to make sure that I'm not engaging in any kind of like stressful interactions in my life, not like avoiding them because they'll come up, but like just not not getting sucked into worrying and being anxious about it, but just like looking at it and thinking about it and then just thinking like, what's the best course of action here? Because like worrying about things, being anxious about things very seldom makes a better outcome. You know what I'm saying? So I think like I've just become more and more focused on like separating from it and being like just looking at it and being like okay like now what's the best course of action to remedy this and get back to where we want to be and just like moving forward with our positive goals and like having like a positive high morale outlook in my daily life you know what i'm saying does that make sense yeah 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 I was, just, I was trying to make a joke when you were saying wait no let me let me explain that again yeah. good yeah that's good <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What's your take on it? Are you like? Well, I mean, we're, we're we're heading towards the end of this. We'll be wrapping this up. I have a I have a date with my wife that I cannot be late for. Um, okay. But uh, but what what uh, like you, you know? Snack bar. What, wait, what's that? You got a snack bar at the snack shack. <laughs> snack shack. Shout out Squatch Matrix, the snack shack. Yeah. Hey, what do you guys think I've about never... what do you guys think about lunch at the snack shack today? Yeah. <laughs> 
He's very mischievous when it comes to the oh, snacks. Oh, man, he made me be the dad at camp a bunch of times yeah. this year. I was like, guys, you can't be going to the snack shack every day. That really I've never of... seen I, I've never seen someone so happy when as when he was dancing with that that sub. Oh my god, he <laughs> loves it. He fucking loves the snack shack. The snack shack. And then it's so funny because then we all went to the snack shack as a group and then we were like, Yeah, we're gonna go to the snack shack and then we're gonna like play kickball and so we like went to the snack shack and then everybody was in a coma. Like everybody slept for like two hours after going to the snack shack. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we told everyone they had to uh, use their code names. Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> had to use their code name yeah. to. Uh, yeah, this was. Yeah, this was just after everybody had become a scout. This was the day after yeah. graduation to camp, and everybody was ordering their. It's like a kind of like an outdoor snack bar type of thing. A snack shack, I think, is kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's a local thing or whatever, but there there are a lot of them in New England. I haven't seen as many of them in other places. I don't know. Maybe there are other places. I feel like. I feel like like beach places all a lot of times have snack shacks and shit. But Definitely we have summer. The town I grew up in, it was the White Cottage. It was, and it yeah. was the same thing. They had yeah. a, lot of, a lot of items, and but yeah, the employees there were not amused with our code names. Yeah. Uh, she came out and said, "Which one of you is under the name Chobo Baggins?" <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Okay, computer person. Is there a computer person here yeah. that ordered a Mountain Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but oh, oh. So what I was just gonna ask, wrapping up, is um, you know, to 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 touch off what I was talking about. What? How do you feel about that? About kind of like anxiety and stress? Are you? I feel like that's something that a lot of people deal with and struggle with uh, in their lives. Just like you know, you know, what whatever their version of that is. Like, do you? You know, what do you like? What's your take on that stuff? Uh. Yeah, it's 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 an ongoing struggle, and I think look looking back uh, at times where I've been really stressed out or um, having anxiety attacks or panic attacks or, or being depressed, uh, it's kind of easy to look back and and sort of uh, be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like it, we're just we're on this planet for such a short time, and uh, it's it's uh, but yeah, and then but then. So I think when I have them now, when I have anxiety now, I just I try to like remember other times that I've had it and how I got through it. And you sort of just uh, it's important to kind of just embrace the the unknown. Yeah. And and uh, I remember there was a uh, you ever read American Splendor, the Harvey P. Carr comic? Uh, I've read a, I've seen a little bit of it. Definitely not like definitely don't have like a huge grasp of it. Yeah, there was one where he he's getting depressed and he's thinking about his you know, his ex and, and he's, he knows that he's getting depressed and he knows where it's going. He's like kind of spiraling. And then he just says, well, I just gotta, I gotta muscle through it. I gotta like, I just gotta get through this. Like, I just have to like sort of experience the sadness and get through it. And I, so I always think about that just sort of like, you know, when you get sad, you know, I think it's, it's definitely good to get out of the house and get out of your head and, yeah. and do new things. But it's also good to just kind of be sad and just kind of like, live in that sadness for a while and uh for me at least it's yeah. uh yeah no i think you definitely have to process your emotion i feel like you can't you can't you can't push it away you can't not deal with it like i think you have to whatever your method of like thoroughly processing it like i'm super like cerebral so i will definitely sit down and like think 
through shit. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'll always try to remove the uncomfortable feelings attached with the anxiety and the worry. You know, obviously when you're in the middle of like a breakup or a stressful situation, it's, you know, kind of unavoidable. And I feel like that's the purpose of it. You know, it's like a warning or like yeah. a, or like a hurt. It's like, it, it hurts you because the, you have to learn something from it here. You know, I think that's all very healthy and very good, but I think it's the stuff of like, especially worrying about like hypothetical situations, I feel like is, is, can be very like sidetracking and like unfocused and, you know, like you, you know, it can be sort of counterproductive to actually like, you know, doing anything with it you know what i'm saying once you've run it through twice like i remember i used to go through like loops of anxiety where you're like laying in bed at night and you're like just thinking about the same thing over and over again and then you realize like i've literally had the same thought like a hundred times in a row like i'm going insane like what the fuck if yeah. i still think about this far i remember being a teenager and thinking shit like that just like what the fuck yeah. like what i gotta stop this and then i used to literally just be like stop 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 worrying about this and then eventually sort of slowly talked myself out of worrying to the point where Athena will get like frustrated with me. She'll be like, you never fucking worry about anything. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not worried about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. But, yeah. I read this article that said that you actually, if you think something over and over, it actually starts to form a physical groove in your brain. I believe that, it a hundred percent. I believe it. No, I think, yeah, yeah. It's running on its own. It's just like circling your brain on its own. Uh, and you, yeah, you do have to kind of like break out of it. Yeah. Well, I think it's like anything, it's like a practice, you know, and it's a habit and you really don't yeah. want to have habits that are counterproductive to your goals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's something that I think about a lot is like, I want my habits to mirror who I want to be and what I want to do because truly, you know, and this is something that I think about a lot and say a lot. It's like, you, you basically are your habits aggregated you know what i'm saying like i mean you know you you have this version that you think you are and you know and 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 you think people perceive you as but truly i mean at the end of the day the beginning of the day at any time of the day you know you're kind of, you're, you're kind of just like you kind of are your habits you know those are the things you're doing over and over again the most the most and kind of no matter what your intentions are your habits are usually kind of closer to the just reality of who you are on a daily basis. So it's, it's super important. It's an underrated thing, I think, to really try to focus your habits. But I think for every, for every successful person, I think would understand that as like, man, you have to have control over your habits. You know, you can't just let your habits control you. You have to be picking and choosing the things that you, you know, really routinely do because that's going to determine, you know, whether you're going to really get, make forward progress in your life or whether you're kind of start to just spin in place. You know what I'm saying? I think especially once people get to a certain point in their life, you know, they'll settle into habits that like really kind of root them in that kind of arrest their development in that place. And that's something that I'm always very cognizant about. I always want to, you know, have them being, matching where I think where what I think I am and where I think I want to be going you know I was kind of try to match my my projected self up with like the habits that I'm doing every day and see how far off they are like they're definitely never fully aligned like I've never as like you know I'm like I always think like oh I could do this and this and that and like I can only get about half of it done but you know the more that I do that the more that I try to align my habits with my goals and ideals and and all that stuff that you can definitely see the difference, um, you know, and I've made like 
just huge advances since I've been back here with, you know, like super healthy eating habits and, and I've always been fairly good at eating healthy, but, you know, being here and getting like, getting like a, you know, really, I mean, I know it's like super trendy to do the green smoothies and shit, but I make them every day here, you know, and we shop at the co-op now and get like fully organic food. And, you know, in the beginning I was kind of like, I, I wanted to do that and I try to figure it out and it seemed like it was going to be too expensive. I would try to shop at the co-op and it, and it wouldn't work. It'd be like way too expensive. And then I figured out, you know, it's like I'm buying just like ingredients and, you know, uh, like produce and stuff. And then you're, you know, you're cooking all your meals and stuff. Then it's really not much more expensive than shopping at the store and getting a bunch of prepackaged pre-made foods that are, yeah, they're easier to make, but it's like, you know, they just, they're changing who you are on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? And, and to, to, to be at the level where you're starting to really fine tune and it's actually being into sports is actually what made me start to really think about this because all these UFC athletes and, you know, like, you know, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. Tom Brady's like notoriously into all this weird, wacky health shit. And, you know, I'm the most into the NBA. And now it's like a huge thing that all these guys are eating super specific diets and making sure all their shit is super healthy and getting all this really specific exercise and all this preventative shit and and you know getting the right amount of sleep and all this stuff i feel like there's more and more kind of knowledge about that now and and i've really embraced that and and seen you know especially since i've been back here seeing how much difference it can make in like your energy level because i'm super committed to like living a super high morale like high productivity lifestyle and when i started like really eating like way more produce like way more vegetables like i'll have a green smoothie when i wake up like a huge like a pint of smooth fresh smoothie when i wake up that i make and then i'll eat like a giant salad for lunch and then i'll eat like whatever we're having for family dinner because at that point like i've been eating super healthy for like two-thirds of my meals that i'll just like i don't get tired i have so much more energy i'm so much more mentally focused it's like the the difference on a daily basis is is fucking incredible you know what i'm saying it's it's pretty wild all right well i think we gotta wrap it up because i definitely have a very sexy date and i have to i've been holding in this chart oh, like let it out let's end it on a fart can you rip one <laughs> was that real that wasn't real <laughs> don't fake never fake the fart Never fake the fart. Never fake the funk on a nasty dunk. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah. I and and also I will. I'm gonna. I'm I got gonna, a date. I got a date too, Dan. Do you? Yeah, I'm going on a date. Good. I'm glad. I'm very excited to hear that. I'm going to Coles, which is uh, there are two places in LA that uh are to, that fight over who uh, got the first French dip. Oh, oh shit. Oh yeah. No, I, I yeah, I I went to one of these places early on when we got there. I went to one of these places. I think it was yeah. Coles. Coles is sort of the I, I think Philippe's has the better. Oh no, Philippe's is where I was. Yeah. I, we went to Philippe's. So you you probably yeah. there. I went with the whole flapjack crew. Yeah, yeah. Philippe's is the best mm -hmm. and their dip is amazing. And so I, I I like to think that they uh originated the French dip, but yeah, Coles is okay. Yeah, yeah. Those are you're headed there tonight for a hot, juicy date with a French dip. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. La the last podcast, I, I kind of, I, I, there's a couple things I have to address about the last podcast at some point, but uh, or the first podcast. But uh, one of the things uh, 
Athena pointed out that I said that um, I I think it was I think it was after the whole uh, circumcision story, and uh, and I said that you know I'm glad that I didn't end up circumcising myself with scissors because you know I've gone on to have uh, really enjoy having sex in my adult life and uh, and and then she was like that would have been the perfect time to shout me out why didn't you shout me out so uh, oh, so okay. shout out shout out to my wife. <laughs> who I just love having some juicy old sex with, and I'm going to go have some juice. Uh, Hopefully she's not asleep, because either way, I will go have some juicy old consensual sex (laughs) with my wife. (laughs) I will wake her up. I will bring her a glass of water so she can be refreshed and, uh, you know, thoroughly discuss and make sure that we're both, uh, you know, really into having this juicy old sex together that we're just going to get it on. So I'm really excited about that. It's really important to keep your marriage juicy and spicy. I agree. Wait, I'm not married. (laughs) Well, but you know, but now, you know, I'm going to go fuck a French dip. Yes. That would probably someone, has definitely yeah if we search on google someone has definitely french dicked someone has fucking <laughs> dipped their dick in yeah. the sauce and then into the sandwich and then back and forth and back and forth and then eating the sandwich that's a that's a thing that's like the next level of uh of soggy biscuit or spum cookie or whatever uh whatever uh people call that where they're from um, that's the French, next level is yeah. fucking the French dip sandwich with your dick and then eating it with your mouth. That is, that's, that yeah. is, that's extra protein. If you think about yeah. it, that's extra protein. If you, if you claim that you like sex and you like French dips, you can't make that claim unless you've done that. True. True. I don't want to, I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> all right all right we'll end it on that we'll we will end it on that i'm gonna click it i'm gonna end it right there all right guys i hope that everyone has enjoyed this juicy go shrimp and friends podcast with kent osborne thank you so much kent osborne for appearing on the podcast for the first time and this is definitely yeah. not gonna be the last time thank you all you're right. welcome all right here we go Ho, 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 Now that's what you call a meaty, spicy old podcast, guys. I hope everybody truly enjoyed that conversation between me and Kent. I feel like we got some good shit packed into there. You know what I'm saying? Lots more to come. There is so much more where that came from, guys. You're not even gonna believe it. You know what I'm saying? So if you like this podcast, guys, show me some love. Jump up on GoShrimpGlobal.com, hit up the store, get some posters, you know what I'm saying? We got the Shiva Nataraja posters, we got the Beehive Boy posters, you know what I'm saying? We've got original draw materials for sale, and of course, you can sign up right now for my 12-week online group workshop starting in September, you know what I'm saying? There's five students signed up currently, so we got five spots left get them while they're dripping with juices guys all right you're not going to want to miss this we have so much fun and we get down we get we do get so productive in this workshop 
you know what I'm saying? In in the three months, you're going to make a whole new portfolio for yourself. You're going to have so much shit to, to think about that we've talked about, that we've gone over in the one-on-one sessions, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you're just going to blast out of there at the end of the year, uh, ready to tear it up in 2018, ready to really, truly turn your drawing hobby into a career. So go right now, hit it up, sign up today, you know what I'm saying? And I will catch you when I get back from this camping trip. I'll tell you all about it on the next episode of the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast, where I also will answer your questions. So hit me up with the questions, y'all, all right? Check you next time.